and welcome to the Free Range Buffalo. Break free from the herd. Pop politics. Lose yourself to find yourself. And today I'm joined with my good friend Michael Morris. Good day, Mike. Hello, Bryce. How are you? Well, you know, it's, I'm, I'm glad I can see you face-to-face. Uh, working through the uh, miracles of technology of Zoom and Google Duo and FaceTime has it's it's better than nothing, but nothing beats being two meters away and having a discussion. That's right. The dynamic duo is back. <laughs> <laughs> Something that's lost over those Skype uh, Skype calls for sure. Yeah, although I, it was much easier for me to get the last word in. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, you, you do have a way of uh, sneaking that in there. I also could mute you. <laughs> you. You just you just cut me off. You're like we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, t- today uh, today we're doing uh, pop politics. Uh, we're going to take a look at um, the uh, Eminem and uh, his seminal work on the uh, Eight Mile so- soundtrack. Uh, Lose yourself, a huge hit uh, in the 2000s, uh, and really uh, we'll uh, we'll play it and just uh, I-, I think. Th- Surprisingly, well, maybe not surprisingly, maybe, maybe surprising for some, um, th- there's a lot of depth uh, and a lot of raw honesty um, that, that was coming from uh, Eminem uh, in that show. I think it gives this quasi-autobiographical. Uh, so I'm going to play it. It's, it's the opening sequence of the song. Uh, there's some spoken word with, uh, with some music in the background, and then it really kicks, um, and then we'll, uh, we'll go. So hopefully uh, you can enjoy. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, one moment that you captured, just let it slip. Yo. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud, he opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking how? Everybody's choking now. The clock's run out. Time's up. Over. Blow. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke. He's so mad, but he won't. Yeah, I mean that's th- th- that was an anthem for a whole year and change. Oh, easily. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And when you stop and actually, and, and it doesn't take much to actually listen to the, to the words, uh, and uh, Eminem does a really good job just building this this story where you you don't even need to watch the movie. Um, you, you can not, you can feel it. You can yeah, feel the, this the song feels like it's building for it, a fight it, or it, a crescendo. It, it, yeah, 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 this crescendo's <laughs> building, you know, and this the story of this young man facing his his. Uh, this fear that he's, that he's possessed by, and he has a moment, a moment to prove himself that if this moment passes, his whole life, is, uh, its trajectory of his life will veer off. And you, you can just feel the fear and the possibility, and it's, the, it's entering into the unknown, and as the music is building into the, it's rising and rising, and, and he's he about to go into this confrontation. It's actually really, really... Well done. I mean, from a from a artistic point of view, and from a just a raw human point of view about the message that uh, we're going to bring across. And my big takeaway 
and we talk about this, the call to adventure. Mm -hmm. That's the call for every person, man or woman, human, the call to adventure, to stand up and to, to go forth boldly into the, into the world and to go, to go beyond yourself of today to find yourself for tomorrow, to find your destiny, to meet your fate. And, and, and that's the call for everyone for their proper life. So I, I love that, that song because, because, because you're, you're feeling this person who is, who's answering the call and he could fail. And that's actually the real, that, that, that's what real adventure is, is the opportunity to really fail. It's true. I, I, I love that he, he builds it up and he's talking about being nervous and, and, and scared. And, um, but what he says at the beginning is you have that one shot. Are you going to own it? And mm. you know, if, if we look at it, we have one life. You know? what, are, what are we going to do with it? We only have this. So I, I think he makes a great point. It's very inspiring. Like, let's get going. Yeah. I, I think in, in this time and age, People really need to be asking themselves, you know, there is a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of fear, but there's never been a time, I think, in history that there hasn't been uncertainty and fear. So we know that this will resolve itself and things might not look differently. But how would you like to lead your life and lead your adventure? It's choose your own adventure. How are you going to choose? How are you going to look beyond now and, and do that? I love that. It's, it's the recognition of risk that you, this could blow up in your face, but you have an opportunity for a chance of a life you never even dreamed possible. It's, it's to understand that you can fail, but you could succeed. Which one are you going to do? You have one shot. And if you take things as believing that you have one shot, that you are, you are, have a roll of the dice, are you going to take it? Or are you going to slink back into your life of mediocrity, of your life of beige? Or are you going to risk it? Are you going to chance it for something that might actually be awesome, might be phenomenal, beyond what you can possibly comprehend? And I think that's my call out to myself. My call out to you as my friend and to my call out to anyone who's listening is look at the risk. You have one shot. Take it. Be bold because there's nothing worse you want a life full of regret you want something that you you, you're gonna wish it's the shot you never took yep and they say they say that in in elderly patients that are facing the end of life what their number one regret is and it's always number one is something that they did not do it's never what they did and i'm sure people have lived their lives some of them have probably done some pretty horrible things they don't regret those more than the things they didn't do. So so that's uh, that's something to definitely keep in mind. And another thing is to ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, what really is the worst that can happen? You're exactly right. Well, well, you, I, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, bad, bad things. Uh, let's let's not be be um, uh, superficial about it. Bad things can certainly happen. I th- I I think to to take a look. That's not a bad way to, you know, to do a, your first pass. What's the worst that can happen? Uh, in, in, the, in, in the environment, we say, okay, well, I'm going to be, I want to tr- try and do this, have a music career, and I want to step up in front of people, and I need to get my words out, and I might be rejected. Okay, well, 
it means that dream's dead. And, that, and, and, and by the way, that's a real death. It's a real psychological death to have your dream die. You have, to, you have to go through that whole process. You brought down into chaos and you have to find a new dream and then you have to reinvent. It's, it's extraordinarily painful. So don't, I'm not trying to take that away. Well, that's the line from Death and a Salesman. Um, not a, I don't know if it's a great play from what I remember, but I definitely remember the line. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it uh, shrivel like a raisin in the sun or does it explode? There you go. I, I don't want to find out. I don't want to find out. So there are the real call to adventure means you have a chance of real failure and real consequences. And but the call to adventure is critical at this time when we've done so poorly by by sheltering ourselves, our children and each other from real consequences. That only makes us weaker and less able to face the real consequences in the real world because no matter how sheltered, how pampered, how padded the rooms we make, the real world will pour in eventually. And if we're not resilient, we talked about this before, building resiliency, is that we need, if you want to have the call to adventure, you need to understand there is a chance for failure. But instead of taking a look at what might what what the what the worst is what's the best that can happen you know i learned this when i was in the military and they're first teaching me how to how to shoot aim small miss small mm-hmm. you know and pick a target we're we're an aiming creature this is something that like, like is built deep 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 into your uh, into your uh, the architecture of your mind is acquisition of target and moving forward towards it you may fail but I tell you right, you will miss 100% of the shots you don't take, and you might actually hit it. What's, what's the best that can happen? Because mm-hmm. that's how you walk the tightrope. That's how you climb the mountain. That's how you, get, you climb the tree. That's how you do the impossible. It's how you jump out of a perfectly good airplane, I'll tell you that right now. It's how you do the impossible. You say, what's the best that can happen? I love that, Bryce. I, the the positive spin on it, but not only that, what I really like about that is it, is it allows your mind to expand and uh, it, it really opens it up to, to all the potentialities. And I think it also allows you to be more comfortable with the inherent risk because there's now an overarching goal. Yeah, and, 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 and I want to make sure you do, don't be naive. That's the worst thing you can do. Eyes as wide open as you can. The risks are real. The death of a dream. Say you want to take a chance on uh, on a romantic partner. Someone who, you know, if you're doing it right, should be way out of your league. And they might reject you. And, and then that's the death of that romantic infatuation. And that's a real suffering because now you've faced real rejection. Don't minimize that. But instead of focusing, realize that's real. And that's, but... How do you overcome that? How do you be brave? Because being brave is recognition of fear and going forward anyway. How do you make that first step in bravery? How do you be courageous? And it's by saying that is worth it. That is worth the risk because the reward is so good. Mm. There is a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. And I will never get that pot unless I take that chance. And you 
move in boldness. So let me ask you this, Bryce. We talked in our incentivized animal series about uh, loss, aversion, uh, pleasure, and pain, and, and how uh, the associated feelings around them. How do you what? Uh, how do you keep the idea of what's best in what's the best thing that could happen in your mind uh, at the forefront? And how do you how do you make that such a compelling vision that? you get over the psychological bar- hurdle of this might hurt, I might fail. Right, R- Roger, that the first thing you have to do is actually recognize um, exactly what, the, what drives you. So so what you're, what you're actually going to be combating is your instinctual, baser human animal side versus your higher reason, right? So the, the, the thing that you first need to do is realize what's driving you. The minute you realize what the fear is, you need to articulate that fear. What am I most afraid of here? I'm afraid of looking foolish, like speaking in public. I've I've now become a fairly reasonable public speaker. I do it quite often uh, in, in my role as a as a veteran. Uh, Remembrance days of you know some motivational uh, talks I give. When but the first time is always the hardest. But when you recognize what is the worst that can happen, and you and you have to articulate that piece out. And once you once you articulate it, it's no longer a monster in the closet. It's a known. Mm. Okay. Once that is a known, then you can face it with your rational. So what you're doing is is you're empowering yourself to elevate your fear from an animal based emotion into a rational fear. And once it's understood, once your mind can take it apart. It is a far more manageable thing. Then you can deal with it rationally, and then you say, "Okay, now I can actually take a look." With because because what you're doing is you're not overriding your emotions. You've allowed that to go through. You've processed. It's called processing. You processed it, and now you're able to take a look at the higher good. Right. It's it's diving into that fear and uh, and recognizing it and being with it. Uh, my friend said that, and and his advancement in the last couple of years has been just amazing. And I asked him what the secret was, and he said, "You really have to dive deep, deep into your fears." And and that and, is um, so like, that that's bravery. It's, it, it's bravery for sure, and it, it's scary. And 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 Tara Brock, who is a American, uh, she's a very well known Buddhist teacher, does some amazing meditation things. She has a concept called inviting Mara for tea. And Buddhism, I I come to understand that Mara is. The, the fear, the, mm. the bad thing. So she says, sit down and get comfortable with it. If You can have an internal dialogue and things like that. But I, I think to your point, uh, the reason I'm talking about all of that is, is it is that uh, processing it, as you, as you termed it, yeah. you have to sit down with it and, and face it and recognize it. I think sometimes our fears are things that we're not willing to look at and examine because oh, it yeah. seems scary and yeah well not and not seem are they're they're right flipping scary you bet and and and, and not ever minimizing that like, fair enough and and so it's not comfortable that's what you said about bravery it's not comfortable to sit with that and yet i think that there's you ha- there's a redemptive quality by doing so oh huge hugely redemptive and empowering so i think you know, you, you ask what i would do so don't start at something that paralyzes you. Don't start at Everest. Like you know, you know how how, how people end up climbing Everest because Everest is not a technical climb. Actually, mm-hmm. it's an endurance climb. 
But people don't just start on Everest. What you have to do is you do a series of build-up climbs first, and then even when you go to Everest, you go into base camp and up and down. So you're doing, you're not going the first, all the way to the summit. You're building up resiliency. You're building up this capacity for bravery. Mm. Actually, bravery in of itself becomes habituated. It's why you see soldiers, policemen, firefighters, because they've had extreme experiences before, they can actually become habituated to being brave because they they've they've had a face fears and they've successfully overcome those fears and then and then they get to do that so you know find those people who are who you admire in your life whether they're literary whether you can find them in a book or through even through fiction or whether whatever medium or even best in real life find those those people that you admire the most and then emulation find those elements that you are afraid of, but you're able to take apart, look at those small fears, process them through, face them, and then build that up. And then by the time that you're getting ready to get on top of that stage with your palms are sweaty and you have one shot, you have enough emotional resiliency, capacity, and built-in bravery that you can take a look, fear, I recognize you're real. I recognize that if I fail, the consequences are real. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the reward is that th- this life that I can have is worth everything. Because if I can get this, it can make everything better. Yeah, I think those those are peak experience moments. Yeah. I don't think there's you operate in an absence of fear. I think the fear is existent and you operate mm. in spite of it. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, and when you can do that, that's when you find out your true metal. That's what you find out you're really made of. And I, I know you can relate to this, Bryce, is, is when those moments are, are the highest risk, the highest... Uh, danger are the the times that you will remember so viscerally and I, mm. uh, were did you feel dialed in in those moments you knew every single part of your body you know it's um the few times where you know I, I consciously had to face probably the one the, the one that uh, I think of the most about the scariest thing I had to do um, when I clear when I was uh, serving as a platoon commander in overseas and I cleared a minefield with my foot. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's frightening. <laughs> probably not the smartest thing I've had to do, but it, but th- th- there were some extenuating circumstances. There were some sandstorms, so we weren't getting relief from the helos. There was no air support, um, and we were running out of uh, fuel. If we didn't get uh, this convoy through, um, there would be, we'd run out of fuel, and we'd be overrun by the Taliban within a couple of days, if, if not sooner. I mean, fuel is, I mean, it's electricity. With electricity, our modern advantages are done. So it's, it's, a, no, it, it's a critical task. And I couldn't ask one of my troops to do it, at least not the first time. So there's a spot where it was 60 meters of terrain. Where we get an IED there all the time. Well, over the course of our tour, we found 60 different IEDs in that particular spot. I knew it was bad. And we lost our dog handler due to a rocket attack about three weeks prior. And then our they were getting some plastic um, Italian-designed, Chinese-made um PMN mines, so so you couldn't even detect it with a mine detector. Oh. So it, I couldn't even get a combat engineer in there. I was like, this is just a nightmare. So I said, okay, Roger that. So I, I, I knew what the consequences were. You know, if my foot goes off 
you know, best case, if I hit one, I'm just going to blow my foot off. Worst case, well, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. Actually, no, the worst case was if I got my junk. Curtains. Well, actually, oh. if, if, if it blew off my manhood. Um, that is worst yeah, case. Th- th- yeah, that yeah. was that was the worst case. I was really worried about that one. Um, second worst is death. You can always enter the Tudor fence. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so uh, yeah, but the consequences, to, to you know, so uh, my, my the personal consequences to me were, were, were dire, but the reward was life for my men who I was responsible for. And I had already taken personal responsibility for them and I couldn't do anything else. And I sure as hell couldn't ask them to do what I was about to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean... Well, and that's leadership too. Well, I mean, you you have to show the way. Um, It was was an extremely dangerous thing. So I I did it. But I had built up to that point. Um, But I will say a couple things. This is why I know about how to build up to it. To when you're going through that moment, you're never going to feel more viscerally alive. I mean, you're just, I mean, the colors of the world. I mean, you're just in the moment. There's no, there's, it's your, this is my experience. Senses are so heightened. This is my experience. I mean, this is why guys get addicted to combat Mm. is because you never feel more alive actually is because there's, you're, you're sensory, you're in the, there's nothing out. There's no future. There's no past. There's only the now. And the now is, is extenuated. Time is like taffy and is now the moments are lasting. You know, the, the space between heartbeats is an eternity. I mean, you just really feel it. Um, and it, and you don't ever get to recreate that. I mean, people chase that dragon for a long time. Um, and that was one of the, uh, I, I definitely felt it that day. I was probably the most intense because I was alone in that moment as my men were waiting for me to, you know, basically, you know, see the flash bang. So, yeah, I no, I love that 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 song though about finding and being brave, facing that there is something worth the risk, mm-hmm. whether that's for loved ones behind you, whether that's because of a life ahead of you. What is it that you find most important, and the life that you want to have, the call to adventure. That's just it. I, th- I think uh, we have to remind ourselves that we are all descendants from people that took a risk, and the people that didn't take a risk was died in the cave alone, and they didn't have any progeny. <laughs> we are absolutely we we are the descendants of risk takers. You know, I, I love that uh, in the early days of SpaceX, they had a a model put on some shirts, safety third. <laughs> it's, it's how it's how things have to get done. Now, it's not to be glib. It's not to be completely disregarding, but you know what? Life is a risk. And if you want something worthwhile, you need to take that risk. And that means risk failure and risk success. From all of us here at the Free Range Buffalo, roam free. Like, subscribe, tell your friends. Email Mike. Love to hear from you. Be brave. Take some risks. <laughs>